Hi, I'm Helene Gale, President and CEO of the Chicago Community Trust. Welcome to another episode of Trust Talks. As a community foundation, the Chicago Community Trust brings together the resources of a wide range of donors to improve the lives of the people in our region. We call this connecting philanthropy to impact, which is core to who we are. It's what we've done since we were founded more than 100 years ago, and it's what we expect the organization to be doing 100 years from now. Our philanthropic services team works with donor-advised funds, family foundations, corporations, those interested in giving to specific causes, and even other foundations. And we advise donors on every aspect of their giving strategy. People often ask me, what makes the trust different from other donor-advised fund sponsors? And the answer is simple. We know Chicago. We know the place that many of our donors call home, and we use that expertise and our community connections to identify organizations and issues that will make the biggest impact in our region. We want to ensure that donors are effectively fulfilling their philanthropic goals. In this episode of Trust Talks, you'll hear from some donors who are engaging with the trust in different ways as they discuss how they are helping to make philanthropy their own. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson-Vogan, Senior Director of Philanthropic Services at the Chicago Community Trust. The Chicago Community Trust is a platform for change that connects philanthropy to impact for a stronger, more prosperous Chicago region. For over 100 years, the Trust has united generous donors, committed nonprofits, and caring residents to effect lasting change that moves our entire region forward. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with three of those generous donors to hear their story about how the Trust helps them connect their philanthropy to impact. Now, before we get into the interviews, I'd like to provide a quick overview of the Trust's wealth gap strategy. Historically, the Trust has focused its discretionary dollars on where the need was the greatest. Shortly after we were formed in 1915, focus was the aftermath of World War I. Fast forward to 2008 with the Great Recession, we founded the Unity Fund, enabling people from all walks of life to help those in greatest need. Two years ago, we concluded a strategic analysis of what is core to holding our region back. We landed on the racial and ethnic wealth gap. By closing that gap, through individual, community-driven, and neighborhood investments, we believe we will achieve our vision of a thriving, equitable, and connected Chicago region where people of all races, places, and identities have the opportunity to reach their potential. While we've always been a partner for donors who wanted to leave a lasting legacy for our region through their estate plans, over the years we've evolved to advising and helping donors while they're alive. And with great pleasure, I have with me today Lucy Baird, Brian Barnes, and Saquon Lawrence. So I'd like for each of you to introduce yourselves, share a little bit about your background, as well as how it is that you're connected to the trust. Some of you have a family history with the trust. Some of you have your own personal professional involvement with the trust in a variety of ways. So if you could just share uh, what each of that is, because uh, the trust is 
far and wide and does a lot of different things. And each of you have the ability to share a little bit about what that means to you. So if we could start, uh, Brian, with you and sharing a little bit about your, your background. So I'm Brian Barnes. I grew up in Naperville, Illinois. So, you know, outside Illinois, I'll claim Chicago. Inside, I'll say Naperville. Um, my connection with the trust really started with my my mom. So uh, she unfortunately passed away in 2017. And as part of her estate had set up a gift trust for uh, myself, my brother and sister. And so there was you know, money to, to be given out of there. Um, since then, have I was an entrepreneur and started a company called M1 Finance. It's an online uh, personal finance platform, combines banking and brokerage into a, an application and have sort of, you know, generated some some wealth uh, through through that mechanism. And so, you know, started with uh, my mom's introduction and then, uh, you know, has have sort of formed the relationship with the trust over the past four or five years now. And uh, there's a combination of investing the assets for the uh, philanthropic investments, as well as distributing uh, assets primarily to uh, Chicago philanthropic endeavors. Great. Fantastic. So, Quain, how, how about you? Could you share a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, Saquon Lawrence, born and raised in Chicago, um, born in North Lawndale, and then moved into the Robert Taylor Homes, uh, the projects in the very early 60s, one of the first families. There, uh, went to high school here, went to uh, college on the East Coast, married uh, 42 years to uh, my wife, who also has been involved in the trust for some time now. Um, I've been a part of the trust or with the trust and had a formal relationship with the Chicago Community Trust for over 15 years now. And I was uh, the fortunate recipient of um, a fellowship, uh, which allowed me to study uh, something that's really dear to my heart, and that is how to create democratic economies and for low-income folks to allow me to travel and study and write a, write a I think it was a critical report. Also, the trust was uh, <clears throat> absolutely critical in catalyzing an organization that I'm still a part of, Fathers Family Healthy Communities, 10 years ago. Um, Father's family helped the community along with the money that the trust provided, the funds that the trust provided, along with Open Society Foundation, really done really great work um, supporting non-custodial fathers in the city of Chicago. And um, I'm also on the African American Legacy Fund board. So there's lots of, you know, relationships and lots of tie-in here. Um, and that's what I want to talk a little bit more about today. Well, I'm so excited. We, we look forward to have, hearing from you about that. And Lucy? Hi, I'm Lucy Baird. My connection to the trust comes from both my family and our family business, Baird and Warner. Um, we have had a relationship with the trust since the 60s or 70s, where we're not quite sure when. Uh, it originally started with a family fund that was started there, but I think our really robust relationship with the trust started in 2002 um, when we worked with um, the trust to start our charitable arm called Goodwill Works. That's a part of our company. And the trust has been a partner since the inception of, of our charitable arm. Well, thank you so much. And I think that uh, everybody who gets to listen to this podcast is going to be impressed with each and every one of you for what it is that you're doing. So thank you ahead of time. Brian, let's start with you. Uh, if you could, I know that you're very busy with your company. You have a lot. You already mentioned M1 um, Finance and, and what it is that you're doing there. But you still want to make a difference in the region. And I know that um, uh, from conversations that we've had in the past, how does the trust through the your philanthropic advisor help you advance your philanthropic values? 
Yeah, so I think there's you know two components associated with that. One, you know, relatively uh, young, still so, 31 years old. I know that philanthropy is going to be needed now, five years from now, ten years from now, fifty years from now, and the like. And so there is a sort of perpetual aspect to the the need for philanthropic gifts moving forward. And so there is a pool of capital in the the gift trust and do do want to see that appreciate and you know have the ability to to give more um in the future but then it's also being able to invest in things that can sort of deliver value currently and so a lot of the um investment decisions that are you know for the purposes of a return are things that also align with um the philanthropic wants of of that the trust and so you know putting money into fixed income funds that are providing sort of subsidized loans for people that that need it and so it's you know there is an expectation of a return but in the interim it can still uh, benefit you know people and families and small businesses that that need it same thing with you know green investments and the like and so there is a um, investment uh, mandate that has both you know investing in, in, in things that are objectives that I would like to, to um, further and then you know, I, I do try to uh, sort of give out one percent of the trust assets a quarter um, I am busy with the the company that I run and so the, the trust has been fantastic in finding charitable organizations that match the causes that I'm I, I care about and I'm passionate about and I, I definitely ascribe more to the you know if you're going to teach a person to fish or uh, give them a fish you know teach them to fish uh, type thing and so re- really focus on early childhood education. Uh, my firm is a technology firm. So, you know, I'm a big proponent of technology, the ability to do more with less, and it's a finance firm. So, you know, using finance to um, deliver quality. And so the, the organization that I've been most aligned with is JA of Chicago. And so have uh, given, you know, considerably um, both time and resources to, to them to further their goal that they're focused on those three things, childhood education, work readiness, and, and financial uh, education. And that's junior achievement? Junior achievement of Chicago, yes, correct. Yeah, that's great. And you were describing impact investing, uh, the platform that you've been able to leverage for your your fund, correct? That's correct. Yeah, so um, so thank you for sharing a little bit about that uh, and sharing a little bit of your giving priorities. Are there other things um, you know you've described the, you've described working with early childhood education and thinking about tech and all of that? Are there other priorities that you have? A lot of the funds from the the trust come from my mom, and she, you know, she was one of seven sisters. Grew up in a you know uh, household where they all shared one room, and was not um, the the was was pretty uh, you know humble upbringings. And she you know was able to be quite successful in America and, and do quite well. Uh, raised to become CEO of Sarah uh, first Pepsi and then Sarah Lee, um, and so you know ascended from sort of humble beginnings to. Uh, pretty esteemed in the the corporate world. I think she realized that she was the benefactor of, you know, opportunities and successes and realized that um, not everyone is sort of born on the the same starting point. And so I think anything that can be done to um, help those that are disadvantaged have the same economic opportunities as everyone. And, uh, you know, she had the humble upbringings. I I was fortunate to be sort of born on third base. And then, you know, so I think my, my giving is really dedicated towards building Give, giving the same opportunities that exist to uh, you know, me and 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 uh, my peers to everyone who might be a little bit more disadvantaged. Great. Well, that's good. Well, thank you very much for that. Um, so, so Quinn, you mentioned being a, a trust fellow, and I know that that's important to you. You mentioned that you've joined the the board of AAL of um, uh, African American Legacy Fund. Why did you do all of that? And and 
how has it in that interaction influenced your philanthropy? The the fellowship, as I was alluding to earlier, uh, Kristen, allowed me to travel and study um, in ways that most people in our field, nonprofit sector, and you know, particularly in workforce development and in uh, economic development, you know, we're not allowed to. We don't have the resources to. So that was a big deal, and it was allowed me to take a delegation of other. Of, of take you know philanthropic leaders, practitioners. I took my college professor on that trip. It was a really big deal, and we were able to study and learn about how you create democratic economies and how do you create cooperatives, uh, which in areas we studied, were, I mean, they really turned around you know the Spanish, the Basque region, and also I was able to uh, look at what is happening in Cleveland in the Evergreen, um, the 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 the, the, the work on the co-ops really catalyzed by the Cleveland Foundation in, in Cleveland. And so, again, taking uh, folks who you know, some of you all know, um, with me, and to create a kind of community of knowledge around worker cooperatives was a big deal. The, <clears throat> I was asked to join the, the uh, African-American Legacy Fund board a couple of years ago, and I accepted. And the reason I accepted is because I, <clears throat> I'm really interested in this idea of giving to groups that are kind of like startup that may be social entrepreneurs right who don't have a lot of money but they have really great ideas uh, and it you know and for me this was a way to maybe catalyze some of these groups and maybe provide some seed funding you know that allow them to really leverage that that funding and and get more funding so they can do this really important work this year i went on over six site visits as our, as our board looked at uh, our, our portfolio and who we were going to grant to. Yeah, and so I got a chance to learn firsthand what some of these groups are doing. And some of these organizations uh, in the African-American community that don't have a lot of money are doing incredible, incredible work. Right? And so now what I'm asking us to do is to raise a lot more money uh, to figure out a way to leverage what we already give, which is approximately 200, 200 and something and some change, Per year to see if we can quadruple that and to really kind of lean in and really support these groups that are doing incredible work. That's terrific. Um, I hadn't heard that goal, so that's great to, to hear that you're, you're pushing that forward. Um, I know that you recently opened up a donor advised fund with us. And um, my, I've, I've heard that you are challenging some friends. And so I heard there's a challenge of maybe 10 out there that you want to have <laughs> yeah. open donor advised funds before the end of the year. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I don't know. You know, you know, November 17th, Helene and I are going to be kind of talking to a whole bunch of folks. The reception has been pretty good. The response has been pretty good. But yeah, I'm 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 committed uh, to getting more folks, particularly folks in the African-American community, to open up donor advice. Because I didn't know about this myself. And this is why I'm, I'm so keen uh, and so so interested in doing this, and I'm kicking myself all the time because it's something I wish I'd done years ago. Because we give all the time, right? And so, you know, one of the things that I, you know, want everybody to understand if they don't is that it's an incredible tax shelter. I mean, it's a very very smart thing to do. Period. Uh, I'm also encouraging people to really put that money on the street, though, I mean, if, if you can. I mean, everybody can't necessarily do that, but not to just stack the money and keep it there into into perpetuity and then it and get the pack the tax benefit, uh, but to really use it to do good. Um, and so, yeah, I'm challenging folks, but to do two things. One is, is to really get them to think seriously about opening up the donor advice fund, specifically with the trust, 
but then to think about how we might be able to create a community of, of donors uh, with some shared interest and really leverage mm -hmm. our yeah. uh, we're giving. That's great. That's you know? that's great to think about how that can be done together. Um, thank you for that. Um, Lucy, I want to turn to you. You mentioned the company Baird & Warner and your involvement with that. Um, you know, recognizing that Baird & Warner has around, been around since, in Chicago since 1855. That's a long history. Uh, and that I discovered that some of the only surviving artifacts from the Great Chicago Fire were in the vault, the office vault of the Baird & Warner office. That's pretty phenomenal. Uh, you mentioned the history with the trust in particular since the 1960s or 70s, not quite sure how long. Um, tell us more about that, that connection that Baird & Warner has had with the trust. Yeah, sure. So um, as you mentioned, we've been a part of Chicago since the 1850s. Um, and being a corporate citizen has always been how we've run our business um, in sort of less formal ways early on. Uh, but our relationship with the trust really started in 2002 when we wanted to formalize how we were giving away money. Um, and it was really a response from our people wanting to give back um, after 9-11. Uh, that's really what spurred us to start this fund. Um, and we wanted to get money out quickly. And the trust was integral to that because we were one of the early donor-advised funds at the trust, um, if I'm understanding correctly. Um, I wasn't around then, but that's what I've been told. Um, and it really allowed us to sort of focus on giving the money away. And the trust really was an advisor for us and did all of the sort of, you know, back end of running the fund, um, which was really helpful for us to kind of get it rolling quickly. Um, but since then, we've we've had a relationship with the trust um, until now, and our charitable arm just continues to expand. And when you say the charitable arm continues to expand, share a little bit more about that. Yeah, so our charitable arm um, has been around since 2002, as I mentioned, but in the last couple of years, we actually rebooted it. Um, and the interesting thing about it is how the money is raised. Uh, so it comes from everyone in our company. So we are a company that um, works in real estate. So we have a, a residential sales business, a mortgage company, and a title company. That means that a lot of the people in our company are actually independent contractors which is a different status than employees. So each sort of segment of people in our company give back. So our employees uh, donate to Goodwill Works from their paychecks. Our independent contractors give a small percentage on each transaction, um, and then we match that. And then the family also um, gives every year to um, Goodwill Works. And then that money is given out in the community um, in sort of the spirit of empowering um, home ownership. That's really what we kind of are focused on. Um, so we have a few different ways that it's given out. So our employees, we have a matching program for both our employees and our independent contractors, um, which I found out is quite unusual, particularly to match independent contractors. Um, and we match both monetary donations and volunteer hours. Um, we also give all of our offices, which are all over Chicagoland, grants to give out in their community. And then on the corporate level, we give large grants out that are focused on empowering homeownership to strengthen communities with focus areas in financial empowerment, racial equity, and fair housing. That's great. I know an earlier conversation that I had with Brian, probably it's been a couple few years ago, uh, there was some 
conversation that he had about his own company thinking about that um, employee getting people employees in, involved so maybe the two of you will have to talk afterwards and figure out how does that how could that be um, uh, mimicked at, um, at m1 finance uh, that's great uh, all three of you have have are, are, are representative of so much of what can happen within our Chicago region for philanthropy and I appreciate you taking some time. Um, there are a lot of options out there to support philanthropy. You all, whether it's through the trust or other ways, uh, you have been very involved in philanthropic efforts. So why did you choose to work with the trust? If each of you want to, I don't know who wants to jump at that first. Well, I can, I mean, well, I've kind of already laid out <laughs> why. I mean, I've been a part of the organization, of the, of the institution for a long time. I think it's one of the more incredible philanthropic institutions in the world. I've thought that for a very long time. Um, and I, you know, I, I mean, I'm really interested, particularly now, given the, 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 uh, the trust is North Star. And you alluded to this earlier, Kristen, in terms of closing the wealth gap. And, and so for me, I'm really interested, uh, in what we might be able to do to support social entrepreneurs. You know, and, uh, and I think this is maybe come taking a page out of Brian's book, you know, social enterprise. You know, how do we use markets? How do we use markets? You know, how, how do how do how do we create opportunity where the, the return on investment is not just sheer profit, but it's also social. Right. And so I, I just I just think that the work, you know, and Helene and all of you all are doing now um it's just seminal, and I think it has the potential to do something really heroic at a time where I think that's what's required. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I think that that's true, and um, absolutely, the social entrepreneurs, I think that there's a lot that's happening within the space uh, that is being able to to help make sure that those that, that social entrepreneurs are able to do the work that they do. Brian or Lucy? Yeah, I think, um, you know, work with the, the trust, I think, for handful of reasons you know one one is the perpetual nature of things that it's if it was one time gift or one time giving i think you know could have gone directly to the various organizations that the money actually funds but i think the intent and the want is to have um the the money last over incredibly long periods of time give over to different causes over long periods of time and and having the trust be sort of the conduit for that you know gives that that the perpetual nature it's also you know I, I very much view the trust as sort of a portal into every philanthropic cause that i my siblings want to to support and it's one of those things that um we as individuals probably don't have the the resources to do the diligence the you know the, find all the 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 different causes you know the, rate them one against the other have the calls and the like and so having the trust sort of stand in as experts within that is incredibly helpful that you know able to say you know hey here's an area that i'm passionate about here are the things that i want to fund and support or get involved with and then you know having a curated list provided and the introductions made is incredibly helpful and so there's a um, sort of relationship aspect and knowledge aspect that that's incredibly helpful and then the the final thing is it you know sort of in my and my family's backyard of chicago that you know this is where i grew up i was raised i i currently live um and you know where 300 of my employees are and so you know b b being a sort of um, giving back to the the local area to make the city work better for all people is something that I'm quite passionate about. And so the the local aspect of things. And so, you know, the, the, it's the perpetual nature, it's the expertise, as well as the, the local nature of, of things that really led 
you know us to to use the the trust and and be quite satisfied with it great well that's good good to hear and lucy do you have any other shot thoughts you want to share yeah, I mean, I think we share a lot of the same reasons that have already been mentioned. But um, for us, I think local was a big part of it. Um, you know, we're a Chicagoland company. We're very passionate about Chicagoland. And that's where the bulk of our giving is. Um, and so the expertise that the trust has um, in advising us and working with us to sort of understand where the best places are to be giving in Chicago, that you know, couldn't come from anywhere else. So that was really um, important for us. Well, unless anybody has something that you really want to share, because I think that you all have covered things so well, uh, I just want to say thank you. I want to thank you for spending the time for uh, all of the generous philanthropic efforts that you do inside and outside of of partnering with the trust. Uh, Just thank you for, for what you do. Uh, I also want to acknowledge all of the donors that we have, that those who are, you are representing (laughs) all of the the people that we work with, but there are many others who we work with and we want to acknowledge and appreciate all of them. Um, The trust does do a lot of different things. You all have described, I think, them very well. Uh, We do have a number of affinity funds, so the uh, African American Legacy Fund, the Saquon that you mentioned. Uh, We have others uh, that that exist. We have um, ways that we work with corporations. We have many different ways that we're working with individuals. Uh, And there are also ways that people can give to support the efforts of what it is that the trust is doing. So as we talk about uh, reducing the racial and ethnic wealth gap, there are ways that individuals, uh, private foundations, other types of giving entities can give to be able to align that their own giving with what it is that we are doing. So the expertise that you're mentioning, the expertise that that we have, being able to latch on to that and make sure that 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 continues on in whatever form um, folks have. I do invite everybody to visit cct.org slash donors to learn how they can engage with the trust uh, and, uh, and, and how it is that we can all be thinking about how we can grow our region. As Lucy said, the whole the whole Chicagoland region, how we can make that even better than what it already already is. Thank you so much for being with us today and um, have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Trust Talks. To learn more about the Chicago Community Trust strategic plan to close the region's racial and ethnic wealth gap please visit our website at cct.org. While you're there, sign up for our quarterly Trust in Action newsletter to stay up to date on the latest episodes of Trust Talks. Or follow the Chicago Community Trust on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.